got TW Takes in the house. TW Takes, what's up? TW Takes podcast. That's Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. So we'll go through all the monikers. The, uh, the man himself. Bishop over at TW Takes podcast. Absolute legend. He is an Irish New Yorker. Big up Bishop. Bishop <laughs> TW Takes. Shout out to Bishop on that one. Bishop from TW Takes. Matt Bishop from TW Takes. Shout out to TW Takes. TW Takes. Mr. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. And Takes. TW Takes. Bishop has, you know, on terrible takes. TWT Takes. Terrible wrestling takes. Bishop's terrible wrestling takes. Strictly for Bishop. Shout out to Terrible Wrestling Takes. Cheers, Bishop. TW Takes podcast. Him and his wife, Mrs. TW Takes. We got Mrs. Takes here as well. My wife. Mrs. Takes. She's the sleeper hit. So good. Thank you, wife. Shout out to Mrs. TW Takes. It's a fun back and forth. Such a small part, but so effective. I'm telling you, that's my go-to podcast now. TW Takes. You want here? Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop from Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, everybody needs to be listening to you, brother. Bishop, say hello. Oh, shit. Here we go. Live. Streaming to Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. What is up? And good morning, everybody. Live episode of the Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. At just in time in the chat already. Oh shit, we live. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just in time to eleven over on the Twitch chat. Appreciate you, brother. We uh we had some we had some entertaining shit last night, man. That's for sure. That is for sure. Some mixed mixed opinions on some things, to say the least. But off the jump, let's get it out of the way. TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs for all your t-shirts. Check out Rockin' the Blue one today. TWTakesPodcast.com slash international for all the European listeners out there. Appreciate y'all to death, man. You guys are showing so much love out there. Got an international page set up. Orders through Teespring. Uh, I did the best I can. And then there's also a premium design over there as well. Um, dope premium design done by at Ref Marsh. It's just fire. TBTakesPodcast.com for all platforms that I'm listed on. Rate, review, like, subscribe, all that bullshit that you do for everyone else. If you don't do it for them, don't do it for me. Ain't that big a deal. Uh, it does help. Sponsorship numbers, all that shit. Uh, I had one sponsor decline. Shouts. Shouts. They declined on a partnership. Um, but no big deal. No big deal. Uh, basically, I'm just looking for clickable links on the website. So y'all can do your thing from there. I'm not trying to flood the, the podcast with advertising and all that shit. But uh, but yeah, let's get into it. SmackDown. The main news coming out of SmackDown is we have a triple threat main eventing night two. Been saying it for weeks. We don't need it. We don't need it. Uh, actually, Justin and I last night went back and forth a little bit tweeting about it as far as the feeling of it and what everything's about. And I'm telling you, just the overall desire to see the match has gone down since Roman picked up a microphone and said, Edge, you need to choose me because I am the main event. Roman's character has been diminished through this, and that's not even talked about. Now, if you're trying to put weakness into the tribal chief just so you can show vulnerability to make it believable when he loses, okay, I get that. But the surface value of what this is, you're not getting more from a main event with Daniel Bryan in it. It doesn't add gravitas. It doesn't add star power. It doesn't add oomph to the match. It doesn't add just simple willingness to see the next person win 
Everything Edge has done since he's been back has been long form. Think about his two matches with Randy Orton. Both matches, one was like an hour and a half. And then the next one was like, what, 45 minutes, an hour? Then he goes an hour in the Rumble. And it's a story based around him. Edge was taken out of this story. Edge was taken out of this story. And then he was reinvigorated at the end because Daniel Bryan took that spot. Why? Why? You know who I want to see win? Legit. No bullshit. The person in this story that I want to see win is Roman. Because regardless of the trickeration he's pulled in all his matches, he's the only one doing shit by the rules. Elimination Chamber. There was no number one contender viable to face Roman. And they were like, you gotta fake, you gotta, you gotta fucking defend your title at Elimination Chamber. He's like, fine, have a number one contenders match. And at the end of that match, I'll face the number one contender. Because there is no number one contender. And he did that. Okay. Now, yes, it did excite us. Like, okay, what would it look like to have Daniel Bryan and Roman one-on-one? And we got that. And who knocked out the fucking ref? Who knocked out the ref in Olymp- at, at, uh, at Fastlane? Wasn't Roman. Okay. So if, if everyone out there who's saying that Roman tapped out, well, shit, Daniel Bryan should be DQ'd. Daniel Bryan wants to talk about how Roman submitted, but the ref didn't call it. Well, the ref also didn't DQ you for kneeing him in the face. I don't understand why when we go from the beginning of the bell to the end of the bell, the story that's told in between those two bells is not what is completely translated on TV. Now, look, the gray area in wrestling is why podcasts exist, because there's the ability to dissect and interpret everything that happens, okay? What happened at Fastlane, I thought, was a masterpiece in storytelling, but at the end of the day... Roman wins. If the excuse is Daniel Bryan won because Roman tapped, well, Daniel uh, Roman also won because Daniel Bryan hit a referee. He struck a referee. In football, if you are talking to a referee and you're pleading your case and you reach out and you put your arm, you put your hand out, excuse me, you put your hand out and you touch the referee, you get thrown out of the game for contact with a referee. Yes, that's football. That's not wrestling. But if we're, if we're playing by the rules and we're holding people accountable... And you want to say that Roman's little fucking handshake to the top. Shout to Trix. What up, Trix? Tribal Chief of Ice Crown on Periscope. Thanks for coming through. She said true. She 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 agrees. Like, look, I'm not trying to... I'm just trying to explain this story bigger, okay? Because when I say Roman didn't tap, yes, it looks like he's doing a tapping thing, okay? The genius behind what was given to us is that right before that, he was trying to pull the hand off his mouth, right? He's trying to pull it off. He's trying to pull it off. He's he's losing oxygen. He goes to do it. And this, my brain, watching it live, go back and in, in, to the watch along. My brain goes, he was trying to bring it up. He couldn't. And then what sells it for me is Edge. Edge was rushing over to hit Daniel Bryan, and the ring was shaking. So it's like Roman, Roman's hand was shaking. That's the beauty of what this is. Nobody can tell you definitively what happened. The only story they're going with afterwards is that Roman tapped. But Roman didn't tap because we all know what a tap looks like. This guy passing out with his hand shaking is less definitive than Daniel Bryan hitting the referee with a knee. Come on. Come on. It's that simple. It's that simple. But they, they, the way that the story is being told is that Roman is at now the competitive disadvantage because what Daniel Bryan has to say holds more weight. I don't agree. And not addressing the Roman side of things is what bothers me, at least Roman's perspective, because at the end of the day, no matter the adversity, 
Brian lost twice. And Roman wasn't in a cheating advantage in those opportunities. Yes, it was skewed after Elimination Chamber. I mean, he's... Okay, so Daniel Bryan... Daniel Bryan is calling for uh, Roman tapping out is why he should get in, right? Um, how many people did Roman hit with a chair, right? How many people did Daniel Bryan hit with a chair? How many people did Edge hit with a chair? So if you want to go into old school context, who's the heel here? Who's the babyface? Is Roman the babyface? Daniel Bryan is out there spouting off at the at the mouth, saying that Roman tapped out. I made him tap out. He's talking all this shit. Roman doesn't get a chance to defend himself. Uh, fucking Edge and, and Bryan are using chairs. Roman's just trying to win a match. If I wanted to, we can go on a diatribe right now. How Roman's the fucking babyface. Makes me wonder. Makes me wonder what's going on and, and why we're doing it. Why do we have... Why do we have the triple threat? Even even from a story perspective, this is just another instance of somebody losing and getting a title shot. It's happened with here's a, all right, perfect example. Apollo and Big E. Has Apollo won yet? He got one pin in the six man tag last night. Okay. Apollo hasn't won yet, but why are we invested? The character. There's been a change in Apollo and who he is. The wonky finish at Fast Lane that I, I again upon rewatch made sense to me what are we getting out of this this triple threat main event i don't understand i don't understand there's been no change in daniel bryan except he's more upset that he didn't win you keep losing bro you keep fucking losing i don't need to keep seeing you there apollo's losses change his character so daniel bryan went from smiling to yelling on the mic i'm not invested i'm not invested so when i tell all the AEW fans out there hold your company accountable this is what it looks like this is what it looks like when Edge won the Royal Rumble, and we were trying to figure out, well, who's he going to face and make it make sense? The stories they were telling on the microphone, the passionate promos that they had back and forth, I was yearning, yearning for a Roman Edge match at, at, at WrestleMania. Edge gets taken off TV. Daniel Bryan gets inserted. The passion goes away from what Edge is talking about. Shouts to Bad Bunny. I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what the first part is. Uh... But we're not talking WrestleMania or Raw today. Uh, that'll be next week. I'll be talking WrestleMania next Saturday with a special guest. I'll be talking WrestleMania next Tuesday with special guests. And I'm looking forward to talking NXT next Thursday with a special guest. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some real fun on, on this podcast. Uh, not next Tuesday or Tuesday after. The Tuesday Hall of Fame. Chula Gal on the Periscope chat. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure this out. I mean, they're, they're trying to tell a story. I don't know the. I don't know why the origin of what it is has changed so much into what we're we are getting. I thought Adam Pierce did a great job trying to play the middleman. Shouts, uh, like, subscribe, all that good shit, Chula. Stop by next Saturday, and we'll be talking uh, Bad Bunny for sure. But Bad, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Chula, uh, in a Periscope chat, Bad Bunny has been doing awesome. His ability. I, I've said this. Every episode I get a chance. Any celebrity that comes into WWE, as long as they show they give a shit, I don't care what they do. And Bad Bunny has been putting himself through and executing phenomenally to get you invested. I would like to see him do more. I just don't know what that looks like. I don't know what Bad Bunny is like as an athlete. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm excited. Chula, so uh, like, subscribe. Go to TWTakesPodcast.com and check out all my platforms. And subscribe to one that fits your bill. And uh, and join the chat whenever you see it. We'll, uh, we can talk then for sure. So yeah, that's about all I got on the Roman Daniel Bryan stuff, man. And and, and shout out to Justin Time 211 because he said it last night. He's like, yo, 
Edge is even the afterthought here. And I just said it out loud. Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan stuff. Edge does feel like an afterthought. He does. And he shouldn't because he's he's done special work since he's been back. But that's all I got on that. Look, I, I got, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm just aggravated. I'm aggravated. Chat grappling cheap pops. Appreciate you coming through. Maybe inserting Brian means they can promote Roman slash Edge over the summer to keep things fresh. Yeah, that's very possible. I could see that being uh, a build to get to, to WrestleMania. Oh, I'm sorry, to SummerSlam as we're gearing up towards more fans. But I think, and this is this, we'll, we'll go outside of what I usually do. I think in the grand scheme of things that it doesn't matter who you have on what card for probably a year of selling tickets, that the building's going to sell out anyway. You don't need to have a monster card. Edge versus Roman doesn't need to be kept special for a bigger moment. Like The Rock versus Roman does, right? That needs to be kept special for a bigger moment. I completely agree with that. But Edge Roman is at a stage where we had peak investment coming out of Royal Rumble before Elimination Chamber. The way that they went back and forth, and even at the end of Elimination Chamber... That's when Edge actually chose Roman, but the two promos before that, and then coming out of that, oh shit, we're getting Roman versus Edge. Nobody said Daniel Bryan deserves another shot at that point in time. Nobody said that. And Daniel Bryan didn't earn another shot, in my opinion. I get it. If they want to promote Edge versus Roman over the summer, the problem is, for me, again, for me, there's not going to be more people at home watching this than there is now. So we're already looking with intent at what's in front of us. So why would you pull away that match and and save it for a later date, especially with Edge, his injury history? He tore a tricep in a taped match. You know what I mean? Edge's injury history, uh, limited limited bump card. You know, I, again, I go back to Sting Undertaker. You had them both in your company. Who cares when you do it? You do it as soon as possible so it's done. So you have Edge and Roman building at a peak in February. And as soon as Edge chooses Roman, it's the insertion of Daniel Bryan into the storyline. I don't like it. I, I, it doesn't make sense. It floods it. Because here's the thing. All right. Granted, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm just getting worked on all this shit if, if and only if, Mania is Daniel Bryan's last match. If Daniel Bryan walks away after WrestleMania, I understand completely. If Daniel Bryan walks away after SummerSlam, I'll understand a bit, okay? So let's say Daniel Bryan's inserted so he wins and drops the title at SummerSlam. That's his last match in front of a full audience. Okay, I'll give you that. That's what it was for. It was for him to have one last title run of significance heading into SummerSlam. Okay. And let's say that that title run ends with um, with Edge beating Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. And, you know, who knows, blah, 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 going forward. And then you get Edge versus Roman in Dallas next year. Great, great. But I don't fantasy book. I take out what's in front of me and does it make sense? And this doesn't make sense. I didn't think I was going to come out hot talking about this. I was really going to wait, try to get through all the other shit first. What's up with the SmackDown and tag titles? We got two weeks till fucking WrestleMania. And you can see, like, the writing on the wall that there's going to be some type of multi-man match and all that shit. But... Nothing's happening. You know, Dolph Ziggler gets pinned. Decent match with Rey Mysterio. I mean, always is, right? Um, I'm just waiting on the match announcement. Anytime I see Dolph Ziggler or any other tag team on SmackDown, I'm, just, I'm waiting on the match announcement for WrestleMania. Um, they, they haven't given us anything of significance. Um, again, they had the 
a six-man tag earlier, and they, they put in the Intercontinental title in that. Street Profits and Big E versus Gable, Otis, and Apollo. And I just, I wasn't feeling the vibe. You know, it's not that we haven't seen a lot of it. You know, again, the whole point of that match was to have Apollo get the pin to give us the the big reason for having them wrestle at, at WrestleMania. I'm assuming next week we'll get some some more tension built for the match. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, what else we got here? We got, uh, oh, Bianca and Natty. Okay. Again, accountability people. Accountability. We got chat grappling cheap pops over in the Periscope chat. Tricks over in the Periscope chat. Just in time, two eleven in the Twitch chat. Appreciate y'all coming through. Chula Gals stuck by for a little bit. Appreciate everyone coming through on a Saturday. This shit's fun. A couple of coffee or two. A couple of friends of the show. TWTakesPodcast.com. Get these shirts. So we got a match between Bianca and Natty. Okay. And my very first fucking thought. Yeah, Bianca backstage. Oh, put the kids to bed. Can't nobody see what I'm about to do. Okay, where was that energy back in February? Where was that energy? Where was that storytelling? Where was that storyline coming out of Royal Rumble? Where was badass Bianca coming out of Royal Rumble? Why did it take Sasha holding her back for the tag titles to come with this energy? She's the roughest. She's the toughest. She's the fastest. She's the strongest. She's the baddest. But Sasha holds her back. I don't understand the character work. I don't understand the match placement. I don't understand the story. I'm going to tell you this right now, right now. I want Bianca and Sasha to main event night one of WrestleMania. The story hasn't made sense. The match doesn't deserve to be there. I want it to happen. There's zero, zero on TV that deserves, that shows that the two of them deserve that match, that match placement. Randy and The Fiend should main event night one. And I'll even give you this. Fucking everything they've done with Roman and Daniel Bryan and Edge has diminished their value. If this was one night of WrestleMania, Randy and The Fiend deserve to fucking main event the entire thing. How about that? Bobby Lashley's title fucking fucking lost weight. Nobody deserves. These stories have been getting shit on since they started. I don't understand. The only story that's had a vibe that has kept you on the edge of your seat, looking for the next step, and that next step hasn't been a step down, has been The Fiend Randy Orton. We finally get Bianca in singles competition. Finally get her in singles competition. There's a clip of the watch along from Royal Rumble where my reaction to Bianca winning was, oh, she's got 10 weeks to get her shit together. And it's because of how the match looked on Friday. I don't mind that she wasn't in singles competition from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, but to finally do it and only give you the opportunity for three singles matches heading into it is a disservice to Bianca and the supporters of this match. I'm just the guy that watches, okay? And when I watch Bianca, I watch someone in that match against Natty, who, for as much as I'm not a fan, she is always in the right place to a fault. She's always in the right place in the ring. Bianca couldn't find her last night. Bianca doesn't slow down. She made Natty look like Natty was out of place because Bianca was moving so fast. She needs to slow down. I don't understand why we're getting Bianca in singles competition so late in this story because I'm not believing what I see in the ring. She gets thrown to the outside, recovers. No, she didn't get thrown, sorry. She got hit with a move and rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled out of the ring just so Sasha can say some shit. And then Bianca ends up slapping Sasha for the get back. Gets in the ring, makes Natty look like a fool and hits, hits her finish. 
Shouts to Pop Culture Wrestling. Looking forward to working with you guys real soon. They booked the whole story like shit. Absolutely. Pop Culture Wrestling in the in the Periscope chat. Absolutely. Justin Time 211 says they waited till the final stretch of Mania to finally say that they have beef with each other. I don't get why they didn't tell this story the entire time instead of putting the women's championship as a second thought. Instead of being placed prior focus. Yeah, absolutely, Justin. Justin in Twitch chat. Look, I'm telling you, that's my problem. I anyone who's ever listened to one episode of this fucking podcast. I love women's wrestling. They put out the clip the other day of of Carmella cashing in money in the bank and pinning Charlotte. She comes running down after the Iconics beat down Charlotte. She cashes in. All she had to do was a super kick and lay on top of Charlotte. She won. At the end of the three count, she sits up. She's bawling her eyes out. It was the easiest moment of her life, but it meant so much to her. I fucking love women's wrestling. That's why... I continue to care about this shitty story. And again, again, I'll go back to the Daniel Bryan promo. Daniel Bryan's promo said that Edge didn't earn it. He won the fucking Royal Rumble. He won the Royal Rumble. That's how you earn it. Bianca won the Royal Rumble. That's how you earn it. That's the story. That's the story. And if you wanted to play on the history of it, you do this. Because Kofi Kofi did it leading into uh, the Daniel Bryan match. He was. They didn't say, uh, they didn't say uh, the face of a black champion, right? They said people that look like us. They could have done it as well, the same way, same context, same same golden-heartedness of the storytelling. Bianca wins the Royal Rumble, challenges Sasha, and just say, for little girls just like us, to see us main event WrestleMania, and then give us eight weeks of Bianca busting her ass, telling stories in the ring that she's good enough to face Sasha at WrestleMania. And we didn't get that. We got, oh, I'm good. I'm the best. I'm better. I'm Sasha. Like, it just, the story is so wild, and you put way too much in Bianca's hands. I'm a fan of the athlete of Bianca, but this is a TV show with entertainment qualities, and if it doesn't come off, you check it. Again, to the AEW fucking marks out there, this is what accountability looks like. You don't stand for the sake of standing. If I wanted to say Bianca and Sasha deserve it, the story doesn't. I want it there. I want it there. The story the story can get there. I don't fantasy book, but I can back book. And all you had to do was put Bianca in these matches. So eight weeks ago is what the Natty Bianca match looks like. Pop Culture Wrestling in the Peri- Periscope chat says, looking forward to working with you, brother. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, where the fuck is Bailey? I don't know where Bailey is. Ding dong. Hello. Ding dong. Hello. Bailey is doing what Bailey's doing. I don't know. And I tell you, look, I, I said this. I said this. I, 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 I'll keep saying it because it, it, it does hold to be relevant. And and the reason why I do the podcast the way I do. When it was New Day and Usos having the greatest tag team matches of all time. Building phenomenal. Building phenomenal. All I was begging for as a fan was 35 minutes at WrestleMania of just the two of them going fucking bananas with each other. They inserted the Bludgeon Brothers. And in seven minutes, the match was over, and both tag teams were buried. I hated it. R.I.P. to John Huber. Uh, Big E told a story on how much that moment meant to Luke Harper, that his son got to see him, and the tape will live on forever of the Bludgeon Brothers winning the tag titles at WrestleMania. And I'm like, fuck, man. Well, that means way more than my feelings do. Point is, Sasha and Bianca, or I'm sorry, Sasha and Bailey had the 2020 of a lifetime. They deserve to main event wrestlemania based on their story but that's not what they gave us so i can't say fantasy book this is what we get but we should have based on what they did based on what they did in 2020 bailey and sasha said main event wrestlemania again 30 35 minutes but a fucking iron woman match 
Okay, I think they had a 30-minute one in NXT. One hour, Sasha and Bailey for who's the best. WrestleMania night one. You can't tell me that that match wouldn't fucking blow the roof off the building. And it's an outdoor arena, and they would still blow the roof off. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. They were they were performing together on another level at the end of 2020. Now, granted, I don't know what's going on with Bailey. I can't fantasy book her into something that doesn't exist. But you saw it on the KO show last night. The entire point of the KO show was for Kevin Owens to put a finger in Sami Zayn's face and say, Mania, yes or no? And we're getting Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. And I can't imagine the two of them any happier than that situation. I said this last night. Any interview that I've ever seen with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and they, they do a really good job of having out-of-character interviews without blowing the doors off of everything. Um, this match is basically their farewell match. If they never wrestled after WrestleMania, they would be happy. Everything that I've seen them talk about. I, I cannot imagine these two going in and giving us an AJ versus Nakamura moment. When when that was building, so I remember Nakamura, as soon as he won the Royal Rumble, was like, AJ Styles. So WrestleMania comes around, and we and I think we're getting the greatest fucking match of all time. And they shit the bed on the entire feud. I was like, oh, okay. So there's built-in history here. Uh, they wrestled one time in Japan, uh, XYZ, and whatever storytelling. And the match we got at WrestleMania was the first match of a feud. And it was laid out like the first match of a feud. I'm like, ah, son of a bitch. Even if... Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are told, look, you only get 12 minutes. Excuse me. You only get 12 minutes. They're going to give us 1825. There's no way they're not going to do everything it takes to almost die out there and give us everything. Shouts to Chad, Chad Grapple, Cheap Pops. Logan Paul will run, run in Wilts wearing an El Generico mask. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I don't watch the Indies or ROH or all that other shit. Um, I do find it interesting, though, because I did think about the El Generico thing. Um and that's something we could talk about down the line. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, I did think about the El Generico thing. Everything Sami Zayn's doing could be leading to a character shift. And to culminate with Kevin Owens, their entire history outside of WWE is wrapped up into two different characters that we could get the revealing of at WrestleMania. Now, I know Kevin Steen is a lot closer to Kevin Owens than Sami Zayn is to El Generico, but there's an opportunity for the two of these to put on a match of a lifetime or these two guys to put on a match of a lifetime. And I can see that happening. I, I said it before on here. When Mrs. TW Takes and I went to our first house show together. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were leading into the last time ever match. That they were going to have. And it was the match I was looking to looking forward to the most. And I had my fingers crossed that Roman Reigns was returning. Because I did the math on his 30 day suspension. Blah, blah, blah. He did return. I was so excited. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> on the clip of Roman Reigns returning. You can hear me yelling. It's phenomenal. I love it. Uh, but anyway. They had a seven-minute match, and I was upset. But in that seven minutes, it felt like 40. They just know how to work with each other. I imagine Kevin Owens pulling out all the stops. I imagine uh, Sami Zayn putting his body on the line. What Sami Zayn did in that triple threat ladder match with AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy was phenomenal. Uh, he's a fantastic storyteller. Kevin Owens does absolutely everything for the fans because he is probably the biggest fan in wrestling anyway. I'm so looking forward to this match. I'm looking forward to talking about this match later on. But the fact that we're getting it, I, I just, again, what I said last night on Twitter was at the end of this match, if these guys aren't raising each other's hands and crying in each other's arms, I, I, I can't imagine. Uh, if they don't give it to us on TV... I need to see that WrestleMania 24 on it because uh, those two deserving that moment or earning that moment, I should say, with all the work that they've done through uh, with WWE, not just on the indie scene and shit like that. Absolutely phenomenal. I appreciate their work and I'm, I'm glad we're getting the match. If uh, if the documentary is a way to bring in a masked figure so Sami Zayn 
uh, can't get fucked over anymore, that's even better. I didn't even think about that until uh, until my guys over at Chat Grapple and Cheap Pop said something. I'd imagine that's JB on uh, on the Twitter line there. If you guys don't listen to Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops, check them out. Uh, touch those bells. They're my guys, man. They they do awesome work. They shout me out all the time. Uh, they're they're the best. They're the absolute best. Yes, sir. My main man, JB. Tell Chris I said what's up. What was the last episode you guys just did? Uh, I know I listened to it. Um, fuck was it? It's a WCW pay-per-view, right? Because you did uh, WrestleMania 5 or 6 before that. Dude, they... I'll tell you this. Vengeance. That's right. Vengeance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, Kurt Angle and, and Brock Lesnar, right? Is that what... That was the one? Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar? These guys reviewed WCW Greed, and it is... The review is just as hysterical as the pay-per-view. I mean, the amount of candidates for the ICO Pro Award is phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, I thought Stasiak was going to get it uh, because that dude was always to the gills. And then I remember Chuck Palumbo was fucking juiced like crazy too. And then again, uh, the all-time winner, fucking Scott, Scott, Scott Steiner. Just, oh man, amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you know what's crazy too? If you go back and watch anything Steiner Brothers, Scott Steiner has always been jacked. I never realized it. But once he once he dropped the singlet to, to pants... He just put all the muscles on display. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So check out Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops. They're my guys. They are my guys. I fuck with you guys, man. You guys are awesome. Uh, what else What else do we have to talk about when it comes to SmackDown? I think we pretty much laid out everything. Um, let's see here. Oh, Seth Rollins and Nakamura. Did I talk about them? May not have. It was just to set up Cesaro. Cesaro and, and Seth are having their WrestleMania match, which is awesome. Uh, we're this card, this card is shaping up. Shaping up. Man. Man. It's going to be exhausting. Logan Paul, baby. You guys got you got to stop that shit. This Logan Paul thing ain't going any further. It's not going any further. Logan Paul was announced that he's going to be, or it was announced that Logan Paul is going to be at SmackDown next week to help debut the trailer of Sami Zayn's documentary on, I think it's called Sami Getting Fucked, but it's not One Night in China style. You know what I mean? Clowns. Clowns. You guys are fucking hysterical. Again, shouts to Chat Grapple Cheap Pops. They're on the intro as well. If you guys listen to the show, the, the intro to the podcast, downloadable on all podcast platforms, TWTakesPodcast.com. Check out all the links. Yeah, Chris and JB are both on the intro. Uh, shouts. <laughs> um, that's all I got. That's all I got. What uh you guys want to talk about anything else? We can do some other shit. What uh if I had to guess something for Bailey going forward? Maybe her and Carmella get a match. Uh, maybe we get some type of women's mixed tag match. Not mixed. Uh, women's tag situation where Lana and Naomi, Mandy and Dana. We got the Battle Royal too. We didn't talk about that. Are they doing Are they doing the Andre the Giant and the, the female Battle Royal? Because they haven't announced it. And no one's, no one's announced that they're entering it either. Which is something that's always happened, right? JB from Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops in a Periscope chat says, Bailey will probably be the first challenger for Bianca. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, I don't fantasy book. So, you know, I could see that. But I, I, I don't know. I, I want to see Bailey do something at Mania. She's earned it. You know, when, when Daniel Bryan's out there talking about earn this, earn that, Edge, and Ed said it right to his fucking face. You didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. You lost the Royal Rumble. Yes, you won the Elimination Chamber, but you lost the match afterwards. Yes, you were at Fastlane, but you lost the match. You lost three fucking times. Just in time, 211 in Twitch chat says, give Bailey a match with Charlotte as some kind of cross-branded match. Bailey gets the match. Bailey gets a match, and WWE gets their precious queen on TV. It's a great idea. Justin, it's a great idea. Uh, it's, a, it's a good use of time. It's a good use of... Uh, of a match and here's here's a question I, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this the last couple pay-per-views have been coming in under three hours what does that mean for mania are we gonna get two nights of two and a half hour pay-per-views 
Look, I'm greedy. I'm greedy, right? I don't want any match to look like it's going to be sacrificed for the sake of time. I would imagine Saturday and Sunday, we, we get four hours each day. We go, as far as the uh, East Coast is concerned, we go from 7 to 11 each day. It's the only thing that makes sense because there's too much There's too much going on. 10 hours with pre-show. Yes, sir. Oh, I would hate to be in the UK, brother. What are you going to do? How do you justify that? Fucking comes on at 1 in the morning. Pre-show starts 1 in the morning. Up all night, baby. Get your coffee. You got to go American with that drink coffee. Get off that Earl Grey. I'll tell you what's really cool. Here's something that's really cool. Uh, the fact that wrestling has turned a corner in its presentation, or maybe it's just my passion. I don't know. That it's no longer, like, it's probably more mainstream than ever. You know what I mean? Like, back in the Attitude Era or even the Hogan Era, like, it's one person. It's two people. It's three people. But in the U.S., we just had a president who's in the WWE Hall of Fame in Hollywood, the biggest star in the world is one of the biggest WWE superstars of all time. Triple H is always all over the place. Fucking Stephanie McMahon is accepting awards left and right. Stone Cold Steve Austin has reality shows, and he's not looked the fool in any of it. I mean, it's a really, really cool time to be a wrestling fan. Really, really cool time to be a wrestling fan. So anyway, before I get out of here, if y'all want to talk about anything else, throw it in the chat now. I'll give it a, I'll give it a beat or two uh, before I sign off. I am extremely excited for what's coming. April 1st will be an NXT preview show for TakeOver Stand and Deliver with a special guest. We have not talked yet on whether or not we are going live that night or actually even what time we're going to record. It is not the same special guest as always, but stay tuned. Keep alerted. I'm really excited for what's going to happen. Uh, April 3rd, next Saturday, going live with another special guest for the first of two, maybe even three, WrestleMania pre-shows, where we will talk about WrestleMania, we will fantasy book, we'll do the whole nine, we'll take the fucking gloves off and just go. April 6th, shout out to JB's birthday, April 6th will be my second WrestleMania preview show with two special guests. So excited for that, so excited for that. All three of them, really excited for it. The way this podcast has grown with just the insertion of a laptop, I'm loving doing the live streams. My Saturday mornings hanging out with you guys. Fantastic. Fucking love it. Fucking love it. Cup of coffee, some water. Let's hang out, talk shit, talk wrestling. Uh, working on some partnerships. Uh, shout out to Mr. Chaos. We got some things going on too. Shout out to Ref Marsh over at Wrestling on the Rocks. Shout out to Chat Rap on Cheap Pops. Appreciate the support. Shout out to Justin Time 211. Twitter co-host blew up Twitter yesterday. Blew up Twitter yesterday with his follow Friday. Appreciate all the support. The guys over at Pop Culture Wrestling. Tribal Chief of the Ice Crown, thank you for joining the chat. Chula Gal, appreciate you joining the chat. We're live. Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all at the same time. One more thank you, uh, Matt Red Fox from Night of Living Podcast. I've uh, been talking to him about a couple things. Appreciate the support, my friend. Check out TWTakesPodcast.com for all links to everything, every podcast platform, the YouTube links, Facebook, Twitch. Check out TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs slash international. International is a Teespring site to help with European delivery of, of merch. Got a dope-ass premium uh, premium merch on Teespring designed by Ref Marsh. Um, appreciate all of the support, man. Let's get these uh, let's get these subscriber numbers up. Let's blow the doors off the building uh, post-mania. I- I'm not stopping, man. I'm not stopping. I'm trying to do watch-alongs for all four nights. Just have to coordinate it properly. Uh, maybe jump on with some other people for watch-alongs. Uh, if I got to do solo ones, that's fine too. If uh, if somebody else wants to host a watch-along and, and I join in there, we'll see what happens. I know for a fact I have my computer 
and I have my TV, watch alongs are not a hard thing. Uh, at Justin Time 211 in Twitch chat says, shouts to everyone. You missing out on the fun if you, if you aren't on, as I say, this side of the IWC. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out to Justin Time 211. He has coined the phrase this side of the IWC. And I tell you what, it's it's the perfect thing. And, 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 and I'll close with this. When I first got on to Twitter, I was searching. Well, this side of Twitter. I, I had a Twitter for like 10 years. Anyway, when I got into to wrestling Twitter, I was searching for followers. So I was I was begging people to continue to engage. I used to, if you guys remember, if you if you doubt me from the beginning, I used to give shout outs on that live on the on the podcast. I used to tag everyone in all the fucking posts. I had post fucking fifty fucking uh, names deep, and I wouldn't get the love back. And then as I see what people are posting, maybe hit a mute here, hit an unfollow there. I've curated towards this side of the IWC. And of course, I didn't realize it until Justin said it, but yeah, we have filtered away most of the bullshit. Um, I've also toned down some of my shit on Twitter, but when it comes down to it, this side of the IWC is about having fun. It's about how good wrestling is, how good wrestling could be. Too much of wrestling Twitter out there is negativity. I don't get down with that. Most of what we do is we tell Meltzer and the Observer to go fuck themselves, and we watch the shit and we judge it for ourselves. We have difference of opinions, and it doesn't make us assholes. It gives us a conversation. So I appreciate y'all having a conversation on this Saturday. Other than that, I got nothing else. Please check out TWTakesPodcast.com. Be on the lookout for, for more merch. I got to post those pins. I got fucking... Where we at? I know they're around here somewhere. Oh, shout to Wrestling Pins. Wrestling Pins came through. Boom. Got the Razor Ramon. Sorry. The bad guy. The dead man. The bear. The Hulkamaniac. And then for giveaways... Bang, a bad guy for giveaways. And a very, very old faithful giveaway, the Rattlesnake. Shouts to Justin Time 211 for being the organic winner. I didn't just give it to him. The organic winner of the Rattlesnake pin during the Royal Rumble. During WrestleMania season, we'll be giving a whole bunch of shit away, including even the Bishop pin. Doing all kinds of shit, man. Giveaway t-shirts, all that shit. Bang, the Bishop pin. Shouts. And this shouldn't be too hard to ship to the UK. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Got some stickers and shit. I'm gonna put a package together. But other than that, that's all I got, man. I appreciate the support. Love you guys. Fuck, man. I don't even know. Yeah, that's it. All right, we out. So, with that being said, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TWTakesPodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, BishopTWTakes at gmail.com. Until next time.